0: I know the master. I may know the master tonight. Isn't it good to serve a God that's the master of the wind, the master of circumstances, the master of all of our troubles and our trials? Amen. It's certainly good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, and we count it an honor and a privilege and certainly appreciate the opportunity our brother Tim and brother Aaron put together, and it's uh, not something that we take lightly. Brother Tim is a hero of ours in this message, and, and we certainly count it a great honor and privilege to stand behind this pulpit and bring greetings from Brother Ray Erickson and Word Tabernacle there in Bluffton, Ohio, and Brother Wayne, who you all know and love very well, and certainly bring greetings and thankful to have my wife, Bethany Hatfield, with me. <laughs> I got in trouble the other day. We were married for a while, and I introduced her as Bethany Lawson. And I'm still getting used to it, but definitely great to have her with us and Brother Ronnie and Brother Nathan, just an honor to stand with those soldiers of God. So if you turn in your Bibles with me tonight to Joshua chapter 1, I know many of you may not know me uh, at all, and most of you don't know me as a minister, but I just believe the same message that you do. And Brother Branham talks about being seated together in heavenly places. He says, what is that heavenly places? He says, it's coolness. It's comfort. It's feeling at home. That's what Brother Branham said about heavenly places. And we definitely feel at home tonight. And so we just thank the Lord. And we want to read out of the book of Joshua chapter 1. And then we're going to read a a book of Psalms. Joshua 1 verses 1 to 9. Familiar passage. Moses my servant is dead, now therefore arise and go over this Jordan now and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. I'm going to read the Psalms 42. You don't have to turn there. Verse 7, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. If we could take a title tonight, it would be a step into the commission. It's for you. It's for you. May we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you, Lord, with just an awe at your presence, Father. And just how we've already felt an anointing in the building, Father. We just felt you with us lord as we've prepared for this service lord and as we've tried to put a thought together lord we we felt lord just your presence just sweep through in the music father and just anoint father the service and lord we ask that that same anointing would just Father, just commune with us, Father, through this service, Lord, that you just minister to hearts and needs, Father. Lord, I can never know, Father, what the people are going through, but Lord, you know the very thoughts and intents of the heart, Father. And you're the one that ordained this weekend, Father. You ordained our very footprints, Father, where we would go and where we would come from. And Father, we just commit our service into your hands. We commit our voice into your hands, Lord, that your will would be accomplished in this meeting. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray you may have your seats we want to take a step into the commission and we want to uh, read a quote to open it says now joshua the new warrior only two left now that ever left the promised land that was joshua and caleb now joshua the new commander to lead an army to step into the place where a great man like moses stood it was no little task and he said i think of a minister today that's called of god to step into the tracks where jesus stood what a command, what a commission, but he didn 't leave it just as ministers he said each that 's called of God is commissioned to stand in the same place i 'll be with you even in you to the end of the way you see we're stepping tonight into more than just the tracks of Tim Pruitt or Timothy Pruitt standing behind this pulpit but stepping into the tracks of Jesus stepping into the tracks where Jesus stood under a commission to stay with the word to stay with the message but it 's not just for me it's not the commission doesn 't just apply to preachers but each of you that that's called of God, is commissioned to step into those same tracks where Jesus stood. But thank God He's not leaving it up to our ability. But He said, Joshua, you're commissioned to step into the tracks of Moses, but I'm not just going to send you without any ability. Uh, I'm going to send you with a deity, with a power, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to lead you into this battle. I'm going to make the way clear before you. I'm not leaving it up to your ability. How He spoke to Moses and said, Moses... I'm I'm going to come down and deliver my people. They've been in bondage for 400 years. I'm going to come down and I'm going to do a mighty work. I'm going to bring them out of Egypt. And I've heard the cries of my people. And then he says, come here, Moses. I'm going to send you to do it. He said, I have come down to deliver but I am sending you, Moses, to do the work. You see, both times that Moses did it, it was the flesh of Moses. But Brother Brandon said, one time Moses did it, and one time God did it. Because when Moses went and tried to do it in his own ability, he failed because it was not It was Moses' ability. But the second time, it was God working through Moses, bringing to pass what he had planned to do all along. He said, I'm looking to fulfill my word, Moses but I'm going to send you. He said, I'm going to make my word come to pass. I'm ready to fulfill my promise, but I need somebody to do it through. You see, he's not looking for ability. He's looking for prisoners, someone that he can send the same way that he sent Jesus. He said, as, I have, as my Father has sent me, so send I you. He said, how did he send them? The one that sent him went with them and went in him. And he said, the one that sent you goes with you and in you to perform the very works that Jesus did. He said, I'm going to send you the same way I was sent. I'm going to go in you and I'm going to go with you to fulfill the work. You see, the world has missed it by a thousand miles. God can only work through perfection. So he couldn't work through the church, the modern church, because he couldn't stain himself in that way. He said, I can only work through perfection. So I'm going to die for your sins and send back a perfection on the day of Pentecost that I could work through a lowly, humble people, that I could fulfill my word through flesh. And Brother Brandon said, that's where the secret lays. That's where the world's missed it. They failed to see that God put perfection in human flesh that he could work through it to fulfill his commission in a bride body they're looking for a 60 foot Jesus to come out of the sky but he's picked up young men and young women out of Louisiana to fulfill his commission he said I placed in you a perfection that I can work through you there is where the secret lays but he said you must have leadership to step right The rich young ruler come to the end of the road and he said, where do I step? There's nowhere to put my step because he refused the leadership of God and chose the leadership of a church, of a natural church. But he said, Moses, when he come to the end of his road, he said he looked over and there was his leader, the rock. And he stepped out onto the rock and angels took him away and said, when the pyramids are gone, when Egypt is gone, Moses will still be immortal amongst men because he chose the leadership of God over the leadership of man and over the leadership of his church. You must have leadership. And that doesn't just apply to Moses, but any man that's called will stay with the leadership of that word. Will walk in the rhythm of the word. Amen. See, we're not just commissioned to lay our hands on the sick, but we're commissioned to stay with the word because many he said will come unto me in that day and say have not I cast out demons in your hands have not I done all this in your hands and they'll say depart from me you workers of iniquity I never even knew you because they didn't follow the leadership when they stepped into the commission but to his disciples his elect group he said you're going to do these things but before you go go up to Jerusalem and and be endued with a power from on high I'm going to commission you but you got to follow the leadership, and first you must go to Pentecost and receive a power that will be with you in that commission. He said, no man has a right to call himself a Christian or a preacher without that seal of the commission, the confirmation that God is with you, that God is leading you. He said, stay until you see any man can go down to the 10 cent store and pick up a uniform and a badge, and any man can go and go, go, go get a uniform. He said, that's not your identification, but you must have the papers, the seal, the confirmation that God has sent you and then you'll have the confirmation the signs will follow you that believe he said stay until and then i'll write a book of acts behind you and it won't be the acts of the apostles but it will be the acts of the holy spirit in the apostles because you followed leadership and god put a power in you to fulfill what he called you to do you see the question isn't if it's real The question isn't if the message is real. The question isn't if the rapture is real. It's, is it for me? That's the question that the devil will fight you with. Not if it's real, but if it's for you. You see, we all know there's a commission. We all know Mark 16 is still in action. We all know the days of miracles are still in action. Brother Brandon said, if the days of miracles are past, the days of God are past. And he said, the Great Commission is just as much in force today as it was when it fell from the lips of Jesus Christ. He said, I can show you where the apostolic age began. He said, you show me where it ended. We know that Pentecost began without an ending. We know that it's still, we know that it's still just as much in force today as it was in the book of Acts. But the question is, is it for you? Is it for you? He said, but you're going to have to go. And you're going to have to get the seal. You're going to have to get the token. And then you'll know it's for you. He said, how do I know the token's for me? He said, the promises to you and to your children is those that are far off, even as the many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said, you would have been blessed just to hunger. You that have a hunger tonight, you that have a thirst, you're blessed just to hunger and thirst. But he said he didn't leave it there. He said, for they shall be filled. That there's a tug on the inside of your heart. That not just to hunger, but it said, you shall be filled. Like Rahab in the days of Joshua. She said, I've heard of this anointed army. And this street walking state isn't enough for me. This prostitute state isn't enough for me. But she said, I've heard of this army. And there's something in me tugging to go and meet this anointing that will change my life. And Brother Branham said that, that you applied the token. It's for you. If you feel in your heart there's something tugging, it's for you. You apply the token. You see, it's not about your goodness. It's not about your ability. Ability, but God's election in your life is what's pulling you to that new birth that's what's calling you to that it's not your ability, it's God's goodness and election that's calling you to that you see if you have a hunger of God Brother Branham said the hunger of God in your soul it will go back to Pentecost to the beginning and find the real Holy Ghost that sets the heart of fire true hunger won't lead you to church joining, true hunger won't lead you just to God's a prophet true hunger will lead you to Pentecost and receive a satisfaction that satisfies satisfies the very desire of your soul that's where true hunger will lead you it will lead you to a reality that will change your life and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus hallelujah it's the deep calling to the deep you might not even have a scripture for it you might have not even come you might not have been born into this message you might have been born in a denomination you didn't you didn't even know what this message was you didn't have no scriptures for it. You, didn't even, you couldn't explain it. You didn't know what it was, but there was something in you hungering for something more. It's the deep calling to the deep. Even if you don't have a scripture, Brother Bram said it's that creative power that's in the believer that's drawing you. Even if you didn't know anything about divine healing, you know it's true. Even if you can't find it in the Bible, because he said it's the creative power drawing you to it. If there is, he made the earth for the tree. There's something in you. If there's a deep calling, there must be a deep to respond. Even if you can't explain it. You see, coming into the house of God tonight, it's not just a a workup. It's not an emotion. Brother Brandon said there's something about inspiration when it strikes. There's something about inspiration when it strikes, what you're longing for. And when you strike that and tears begin to roll down your eyes while the minister's preaching, he said, what is it? It's the feeding of the Holy Spirit to the flock. When inspiration strikes, he said, a doctor came to me and said, now you're just getting them excited. He said, doctor, you know, you know better than that. If you, go out into a, if you go into an alley, it takes something to bring a scare. It takes something to bring a fear. You, you see a shadow or you hear a noise and that what's bringing a scare. But he said, in this case, when you don't see anything and it's an excitement, not exactly an excitement, but a glorious feeling that raises the people up, He said, like I heard the little ladies a while ago singing the hymn. The people were saying, praise the Lord. What does that? It's a giveaway to an emotional emotion that's inside of you. May I say it like this, as David said, when the deep calleth to the deep at the noise of thy water spouts. It's not a workup. It's the deep calling to the deep. One time Brother Branham was out in the wilderness and he was just rejoicing at the God that created the trees and the God that created the animals. And it said he began to dance around that tree and he began to rejoice. He said they would have thought that Salvation Army was out there. He said you can call it emotions, but to me it was the deep calling to the deep. Something in you crying out to worship the Creator that you came from. It's not an emotion. It's not a custom. It's not just coming to church to prove to your neighbor that you still have the victory. It's something inside of you pulling you to the house of God to worship the Creator that formed you in your mother's womb before the foundation of the world. Oh, don't just let the devil lie to you that this is just a this is just a gathering. It's something deeper than that inside of you drawing you to a reality. Hallelujah. What do you do? Brother man said, the thing to do is when you come into a service and you begin to feel that unbelief creep over, the devil will try to draw you down and you begin to pull back from the service. And he said, if that devil can put a question mark on your mind, he's got you right there. But he said, what do you do? He said, you say you erase that question mark and say that's every bit true. And it's for me. Then you're pulling from God. Why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and say, it's for me. It's for me. And now you're starting to pull from God. You see, you say, maybe it's not for me because I've tried to, i tried to pray for the Holy ghost many times. I've asked for healing many times, but that doesn't mean it's not for you. The thing, to do is to press through that because that's the devil trying to keep you from your victory it doesn't have one bit to do with whether or not it's for you in fact it's a sign probably that it is for you because the devil's trying to stop it but press through that into the reality and receive the promise that he gave you for the Holy Ghost for healing for everything you have need of Press through that and let the word become your word. Brother Brent said, you have something to do. If I could have all these notes here but never preach it, then, then what good's it going to do? But that doesn't just apply to the preachers. That you have something to do. is Let the word become your word. And if you want to see a situation turn, let the word drop into your heart and it'll turn that situation. You let that word of healing drop into your heart. It'll turn that situation. You let that word of deliverance become your word of deliverance and it'll turn that situation. Oh, there's a power in letting the Word become personal to you. You see? Uh, our family very close to this Zach and Anna were trying to have a baby one time and the situation looked very dire and the situation looked very dark but one time a word caught hold and turned the situation and now they have a little baby girl and another one on the way because they let the word become their word and you say well they had a vision over that but Brother Bram said when you open the Bible every time you see a vision every time you open the Bible you may not have a vision by some man but you have a vision every time you open this Bible and you get a vision for your you get a vision for your healing and walk in that vision until you walk into fulfillment. And one of these days you'll be reading about prodigals returning and all of a sudden they'll come walking through your door because you have a vision by the word and you're walking in the vision. And one of these days you're going to walk into fulfillment because you let that word become your word and drop into a heart of faith. Oh, and now it's manifesting all around you. And you're walking in that fulfillment. Oh, you'll be walking in your healing. You'll be walking in your deliverance if you let that word become your word and keep walking. Keep walking in the vision and you'll walk in the fulfillment. Let it drop in your heart. Oh, it's not way far off. It may take a few moments, but keep walking in the commission and you'll be walking in the fulfillment. Hallelujah. What did the commission say? Let not this word depart from your mouth. Let not this book of the law depart from your mouth. He didn't say, let it not depart from your hand. He said, let it not depart from your mouth. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. That struck me. Brother Branham said hand, and then he corrected it. Not hand. He said mouth. You see, somebody's going to teach it. Somebody's going to live it. Somebody's going to speak it. It's not just coming to church and turning a page and reading about it and then going home. Somebody's going to let it get in their mouth and speak it and confess it until it becomes a reality in their life. Let not that book of the law depart from your mouth. Stay with the commission. Stay with it as written. You say, oh, so-and-so tried that, and it didn't work for them. But Brother Branham said, the Bible says, some are foreordained to that condemnation. Some, Brother Branham said, the Bible said that they couldn't believe if they wanted to. And some, that is their type. And some, that is the place. But that's not your confession. That's not your place in the scripture. You see... The church, natural, couldn't receive the word because Eve, natural, was, it, it was its type. And they couldn't receive the word because they couldn't beat their type. Brother Brand said she can't beat her type. You can't keep her from doing anything because she can't beat her type. But if that could work in the negative, how much more in the positive? When the devil tells you you're never going to make a rapture, how could he tell you that when Enoch's your type and you can't beat your type? If you're typed in Enoch, you can't miss the rapture. If you're typed in Abraham, you will not stop showing Short of the promise because you can't beat your type. You can't keep them from nothing. They've already been predestinated to fulfill the word. And you can't beat your type, young person. Don't let the devil beat you over the head with that. You recognize who you are in the scripture and stand sure on that type. That Enoch's my type. Abraham's my type. Rebecca's my type. Sarah's my type. Oh, Rahab's my type. And you can't beat your type. Press through it into the victory. Hallelujah. You can't beat it, so press through it. You see, everyone's not going to go with you, but you can't be your type. It's for you. It may not be for everyone, but it's for me. Heartfelt religion may not be for everyone, but it's for me. The rapture may not be for everyone, but it is for me. The Holy Ghost may not be for everyone, but it is for me. This message may not be for everyone, but it is for me. Oh, let that word become your word tonight. Oh, He said, Joshua, you're going to pass by Esau's mountain. And there's going to be some that aren't going to go with you. But he said, your men, your men have already tasted blood. So they're going to want to try and go to fight with them. But he said, don't do that. Keep your eyes on the gold because that's not your mountain. He said, I've given Esau this mountain for a possession, but it's on the wrong side of the Jordan, Joshua. There's Jacob's mountain is on the other side of the river, and you're meant to cross over. Your inheritance doesn't lay on this side of the river, Joshua. Esau's mountain is not for you. And Brother Branham said, if all your deep is satisfied... Then then, then then, maybe that mountain's for you. But your inheritance to you who believe is on the other side of the river. He said, if all your deep is satisfied, that's okay. But as for me and my house, there's something in me drawing. I got to cross the Jordan. I got to cross the river. There's a drawing. He said, a little healing service isn't good enough for me. He said, just going to church isn't good enough for me. There's a deep calling to the deep. I must cross the Jordan. I must press to my mountain. And I must press to my inheritance. He said, this doesn't belong to you. Your inheritance is beyond the river. Oh, he said, if Esau was predestinated to join up with you, he would have. So don't try to proselyte Esau's mountain. He said, you'll pick up their habits. But as for me and my house, you're crossed the river, cross to your inheritance, cross to where all things are possible. Oh. That might not be everyone's type, but that's your type. You were not meant to stop on Esau's mountain. You were meant to cross over. He said, just settling down to sheep herding ain't enough for you. Just to go into some sort of business isn't enough for you. Just to join the church and put your name on the book wasn't enough for you. But there's a deep calling to the deep that won't be satisfied with anything less than crossing into every promise. Oh, yes. You see, you're going to pass some critics that say the days of miracles are past. You're going to pass some critics, Joshua, out in the desert that are going to say it's, that, that those things are gone, that it's not for you, that those things are ceased. Oh, you're going to pass some that say Moses' message will not work. It's not an absolute. We can't put our faith in it. We might be able to use it as reference material, but Balaam, he had good things to say too. You're going to pass some critics of this message, but Joshua was under commission. Stay with Moses' message. Joshua was under a commission that said that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. It was commissioned to stay with the message no matter what come, no matter what go, no matter what preacher said, no matter what mother said. He said, you're commissioned to stay with my message. And Brother Brandon said, if you can read in that scripture something that Christ has ordained or commissioned us to do, and because of some twisting around, if someone would tell you that was for the disciples or someone else, and then you don't hold on to that, then Christ is not your absolute. That person that led you out of the way is your absolute. But if that word Christ still holds, then he is your absolute. So that struck my heart. I said, I wonder what we've been commissioned to do. And then I know that that's my absolute, regardless of what anyone says. And we've been commissioned to baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what what teacher comes in and says that it's this way or it's that way, we're under commission. We're under commission to raise the dead and cast out devils and lay our hands on the sick. Brother Brand said that's just as vital as the preaching of the word in one spot. Just as vital as it is to preach the gospel. We've been commissioned to preach the word in power and demonstration. Not in word only, not in letter only, but in power and demonstration. The Bible said my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power that Peter on the day of Pentecost had so much power in the preaching of his word that while he yet spoke people could receive the Holy Ghost people could receive their healing because he was staying with the commission because it wasn't a dead letter he come out he said on Esau's mountain they're building schools on Esau's mountain there's building libraries and sending books but he said that's not what I've commissioned you to do I've commissioned you to preach it in power and demonstration with signs and wonders following oh I'm getting somewhere with that you say half the churches Half the churches will kick you out if you do that. Brother Bram said, you preach that. You preach that, Mark 16, and half the churches will kick you out. But somewhere, Brother Tim and that other half, there's a Rahab that's going to receive because you stepped into the commission. There's a Rahab somewhere that's going to receive it and that's, say, that's for me. That's for me. Someone's going to receive it because someone wasn't afraid to step in the commission and stay with the word. There's an Elena Butt somewhere that'll say, that's for me. And she'll slay a Goliath of cancer, and it'll fall, and her family will run Run behind her and say, if it's for mama, it's for me too. Like David, he killed at Goliath and the Israelites took courage and came behind him and said, if it worked for them, it'll work for me. And Brother Ben said, you step in and say, it's for me. He said, your whole family will come behind you and start fl- st- start slaying Philistines. Because it isn't just for one. It's for you who believe. It's for you who have stepped into the commission. But it doesn't just apply to preaching. Power and demonstration doesn't just apply to preaching. I'm bringing it down to your level now. It says you're too took up in the things of the world. You have to stay and see who loves Susie. You have to see Arthur Godfrey and go down and get Elvis Presley's records and play them. And call yourselves Christians. You are weighed in the balance and found wanting. He said, when you do go to church, just a little sideline or something and don't worship. He said, in vain do they worship me. Teaching for doctrine, the commandments of men, in vain. He said, it don't do no good to worship. If you worship like that, Jesus said it wasn't vain. He said, now look at him sitting there. All the big religious people standing there tipping their glasses and having a fellowship. And Jesus sitting over in a corner with dirty feet. Oh God, forgive me when I think of it, Jesus with dirty feet. Brother Branham said, that's why I stepped away from the Baptist church. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. I believe my God ought to be worshipped in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. He said, I don't believe in your cold formal creeds. He wants to be loved. Look at him sitting over there and can't be loved because of the way he's treated and he said that's the same thing today you self-made seminary chickens of pastors hatch yourself out and try to place the dirty name of holy roller on the worship of Jesus no wonder your congregation don't stand taller it's the way you've treated them he said if you would have preached the Bible and the power of the resurrection of Christ saints would be shouting in every church in the Maricopa Valley he said it's not Jesus fault it's your fault and if you don't want the move of God in your church that's okay but don't blame my Jesus Jesus name Never preach that. Don't blame my Jesus. I've been commissioned to stay with the word. I've been commissioned to worship. If you don't want dancing in your church, that's okay. But don't blame my Jesus. Don't blame Brother Brandon. Brother Brandon never taught that. Leave it off. But Brother Brandon, stay with the commission. Somebody's going to worship them. Somebody's going to stay with the commission. Somebody's going to leave all their ideas and stay with the commission and worship them in spite of what, what, what someone out there said. Someone's going to stay with the absolute commission. And Worship them in power and demonstration. It's not Jesus' fault. He said it's your fault. But somebody's going to say, don't blame the message. Oh, the message doesn't do away with true worship. The message introduced us to true worship. There is now a bride that's in complete relationship that don't just worship him in spirit or truth. They worship him in spirit and truth because the message introduced us to true worship. There's finally a bride that can worship him the way he deserves to be worshiped in power and demonstration, in spirit and in truth because a prophet wasn't afraid to stay with the commission. Oh, he had to leave. He had to leave the Baptist church to do it. But he stayed with the commission. Oh, you say that was just for the Pentecostals. Well, then why did the prophet have to leave denominations to worship God the way he deserved to be worshipped? Oh, we're not worshipping under some sort of emotion. But like David danced at the return of the word, we're worshipping the return of the word worshiping the return of the word hosanna to the one riding on the donkey he said oh dancing but we were commissioned in psalms 150 praise him with the dance praise him on the timbrel let everything have breath praise the lord someone's going to stay with that absolute commission and not leave it hallelujah oh and the critics are trying to get by brother bram said with some kind of ordination paper and not the true seal of the commission. How could someone criticize it because they never got the true seal? They just got some kind of ordination papers having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Oh, Brother Bram said, Moses didn't just sympathize with those mud daubers. He said he could have just looked out that window and sympathized with them. But instead, he chose to become one of them. And Brother Bram said, I was in the Baptist church. And when I seen those people with signs and wonders following, though they were laughed at and called holy rollers, he said it would have been easy to remain a Baptist preacher, for I was one. But I chose to become one of them. And he left the Baptist church to become one of them, not just to sympathize with them, but to become one of those. One of those holy rollers Brother Branham said I heard it today You better be careful that you don't call someone a holy roller That's doing what you should have done He said you better be careful That you don't criticize someone That's doing what you should have been doing In the first place But someone's going to stay with it Someone's going to realize it's for me If no one else does it it's for me I'm going to step in and I'm going to give it my all Because there's a deep calling into the deep That my God deserves to be worshipped Correctly according to the commission oh you see Miriam danced because her accusers were drowned in the sea oh my accusers 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 of past mistakes accusers of being just too emotional but one day those accusers were buried in the sea and Miriam had a victory dance and you say well that was just for sanctification But the Lord spoke to Joshua when he crossed over the Jordan and said, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off of you. This day, Joshua, have I rolled away your reproach. You see, if anyone can worship him, it's this bride. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Those of you whose accusers have been buried, you have a right to worship them. Like Jesus said to the woman, where are thine accusers? She said, I have none, Lord. He said, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. And I say to this bride, where are thine accusers? Brother Branham, an invisible union declared you standing completely as you never sinned in the first place. God don't even know. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. You never did it. You were accused of it by the accuser but really from the beginning you were predestinated to be a son and daughter of God. You're standing there washed And your old book of divorcement is put away and it's dead, absolutely out of existence. You see, you were deceived in it because inside of you the whole time was a gene seed, the real you. You were deceived into it. You were born a sinner, but that was never the real you. You were a gene seed from God. Oh, your accusations have been put in the sea of the forgetfulness. Oh, you have a right to worship. You're already wearing the wedding band of unmerited, predestinated grace. Little bride, your accusers are buried in the sea. You have a right tonight to lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily beset you. You see, young man, if you want to become a stronger young man, you're going to have to learn how to lift weights. But if you want to become a stronger Christian young man, you're going to have to learn how to lay them aside. Learn how to lay aside that condemnation. Learn how to lay aside those weights. Learn how to lay aside those feelings and take God's word in spite of it and press on. On. Brother Branham said the church ought to have a commission like that. Go forward. Don't you stop, just keep moving on. Press through the battles, press through the complexes. Yeah. Oh, Brother Branham and standing in the gap. He said, He said, it's just so easy to get a complex because Brother Branham, a prophet, the seventh angel. Because people wouldn't hear his message, he got a complex and he began to lose the feeling for the people. And he said, it's just so easy to get a complex. Here the seventh angel is telling you, here he is telling you, it's just so easy to get a complex. But he asked the people, he said, i asked that you would pray for me, that God would restore. I ask that you pray for me that he would give back to me what I lost out there in that complex. And that's my prayer tonight for every complex. That God would restore in your life what you lost out there in that complex. That you can lay it aside. That if someone criticized your worship and now you can barely lift your hands without feeling condemned. May God restore what you lost out there in that complex. If someone called you ugly or if someone made fun of you, made fun of your Christian walk. And you begin to feel a complex throughout. About what others think. May God restore what you lost out there in that complex tonight. Maybe there's an elder here that got out in an inferiority complex somewhere and think that we don't need them or that that, that we don't have to have them to press on. I rebuke that devil and pray, God, restore to you the joy of your salvation and let you know that we need you, that we're helpless, that we need you, a mighty oak tree that we can rest under. We can't press the battle without you. We need our elders. We need our young people. I pray, God, restore what you lost in that complex out there, that you can lay it aside bury it with the old year and press on. Kill that thing. Don't dig up that old nature. Young people, what the Lord did for you at youth camp, what the Lord did for you in your special meetings here at church, don't dig up that old man when God once sealed you. He kicked that door shut. Don't try to open it again. Brother Brand said don't get out on the tracks and try to open it. If God sealed you, you're sealed under the day of your redemption. Don't try to dig up that old man. Bury your differences. Bury, bury those things with the old year. If God sealed your life, Don't try to open it. Oh, I've been there. (laughs) But oh, there's a peace in knowing what God does. He does it well. Oh, you don't have to break it to check it. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Why couldn't you stop Joshua? Said, any man that's a real Christian born again today knows since he was a little kid or a little girl either. There was something in you that hungered for God. And you tried joining churches and everything else. It wouldn't work. What was it? It was that word. You was hunting for a filter. And one day it flashed before your eyes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that satisfied the taste. He said, anyone in here that's a Christian knows that something's been on you your whole life. When you was a child, you longed to serve God. Something beat in your heart. It was God's election. That's why you couldn't stop Joshua. Because Joshua was filtered for the commission. That's why you couldn't stop Gideon's army. Because there was some test. And he said, if they're cowards, send them back and if they bow down to drink water send them back because they're used to bowing down to idols and we can't use them but Gideon's army was filtered for the commission Elijah's 7,000 was filtered for the commission. Elijah said, take courage. You know, Jezebel rejected your ministry. Elijah, this whole, this whole multitude's rejected your ministry. But Brother Branham said the third poll went back for that 7,000. The second poll was to Jezebel, but the third pole went back to that 7,000. You see, God sent you a word to reveal to you who you were, where you came from, and where you're going. Though the multitudes only came for healing. Though the multitudes only came for Brother Branham's healing ministry. There was something in you that wasn't just satisfied with that, but you said there's a word, there's a message, there's a revelation that will show me who I am. And it come down and picked you up and filtered you for rapture. It filtered you for resurrection. It showed you who you were. You passed the test because you were filtered through the first poll. You were filtered through many things. And that's why you're still here when many others have left because there's a thinking filter that proves God's election in your life that won't settle for just a church joining. It won't settle for anything short but it's filtered you through to fulfill the commission. The natural church couldn't go through that filter, but God called out a bride that would pass through that filter to fulfill his commission. He called out a bride that would receive this message. You've been filtered for it because you wouldn't bow to idols. The Hebrew children once went into a fiery furnace, and because they wouldn't bow, they went into a furnace. And Brother Bram said, that's what the devil will try to you. Due to you. He'll try to burn you up with things. That's what Brother Bram said. You've been prayed for and you'll get sicker. Yeah. It's the fiery furnace. He's trying to burn you up with things. He said, he'll make you thought, think you've lost your experience. Yeah. And Brother Bram said, he's lying to you. There's got to be a time when you've got to separate yourself between your feelings and your faith. Yeah. Brother Bram said, that's the time. It is tonight. Where you separate yourself between your feelings and your faith and say, I will not bow to that devil. I will not bow to that devil that's been lying to me. You see, you're like Shamgar and there comes a time in your life where you realize that you don't have to take that beating anymore. Used to be when the devil told you you never were going to make it, it would bother you for days. But you're coming to a place where you realize you don't have to take the beating anymore. You're recognizing who you are. And he should have got you when you were walking in fear, Lemuel. He should have got you when you were walking in depression, Sister Rebecca, because now you're walking in the commission and he can't get you anymore because you've stepped into something deeper than the lies of the devil. You've been filtered for it and a shamgar has risen up and you said, it's for me. And I don't have to take the beating anymore because I know who I am. I know the rapture's for me. I know I'm going to make it. I know the Holy Ghost is for me. Shamgar, rise up and take back your possession. You don't have to take the beating anymore. You can press through it. Oh, and say, I know those lies aren't for me, but every promise in the book is for me. Oh, that's why you're still here. That's why when you lay at bed at night, and the devil tries to tell you this message isn't for you, but there's something in you. When many of them heard those lies and left, there's something in you that said, but to whom would I go? Where would I go? This message alone is my shelter. This message alone has the words of eternal life. There was something in you, the filter that said, but where would I go? Where would I go if I left? that's why you're still here you've been filtered for the day you've been filtered for the commission that's why you're still here oh where would you go where else would you go that deep calling was pulling you to this message it wouldn't let you go anywhere else because there was a pull on the inside of you leading you to who you were before the foundation of the world oh where would we go like Elisha came to Elijah and Elijah cast his mantle on Elisha And he said, oh, he said, he cast his mantle, and Elisha began to follow him. And he said, oh, stay. Uh, The Lord's calling me here, and he's telling Elisha to stay. But Elisha said, no, as my my soul lives, I will not let you out of my sight, Elijah. And he followed him to Dothan, Brother Branham said, was justification. He said he followed him to the school of the prophets, which was sanctification. But he followed him all the way to Jordan. And one day he crossed over and he said, Oh, if you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for. And he said, I ask for a double portion of your spirit. And one day that chariot went up and that mantle came down. And it was a perfect fit because Elisha wasn't changed to fit it. God didn't, oh, God didn't change the mantle to fit Elisha, but God changed Elisha to fit the mantle. He didn't have to alter the message to fit your life. You were already fitted before the foundation of the world this day for this message and Elisha stepped into that coat and it fit just right you see justification didn't cut it for him the school of the prophets didn't cut it for him it didn't look right on him when you try on outfits before church tonight, you go and you say, this doesn't look right. This one doesn't look right. This one doesn't look right. But one one time you find one and you say, my, that's very becoming of you. That really looks good on you. That's the one. You're going to wear that one. And that was this message in your life. You tried on justification. You tried on sanctification. You tried on depression and fear. But one day you tried on this message and it fit just right. It satisfied what you were missing your whole life. It satisfied that calling on the inside of and say, this is who I am. This is where I came from. This is my reality. This is my identification. And it's becoming of you, young people, to wear the robe of the message. Depression doesn't look good on you. Anxiety doesn't look good on you. But try on this message one time, and it'll set you free from that thing and show you who you are, show you where you came from. Try that message on. It'll satisfy that deep calling. I am a witness what God can do in your life if you step into the message and let it change you and transform you into who you were in god's you for the foundation of the world try on the road that elisha tried on and recognize who you are in christ it'll change you it'll set that filter just right and say this is it this is what i've been missing oh this is what i've been commissioned to do my whole life oh elisha tried it on and it fit just right It was the same mantle that fell on the day of Pentecost. And that's what fits your life. And you can strike it for healing. You can strike it like Elisha for deliverance. For every promise, you can strike that mantle. Oh, and it'll work for you because you were tailored for it. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You see, you see, Joshua wasn't the forerunner. Joshua was the inhabitor. Moses, Moses ran, Joshua inhabited. Oh my, Elijah ran, Elisha inhabited. And brother Brandon was he who was on this earth. He said, I seen the message wasn't what, what it is now. He said, I see a group of people. I see them splitting off from all these denominations and they have nowhere to go. And he said, when I laid the cornerstone that morning on that church building, God gave him a vision. And he said, from that time forward, I purposed in my heart to make a place where the people could go to worship in. He said, it ain't for me. It's nothing for me. He said, God's calling me to do the work of an evangelist. But he said, I, I had something in my heart from that day to make some place for the people to worship in. And I don't believe that was just Branham's tabernacle. But I believe Brother Branham was here fulfilling something. Making a place for me and you to worship in. And he come and he preached to us God's chosen place of worship. And introduced us to a living God. He didn't just give us a tabernacle like this. But he gave us a tabernacle that we could inhabit. A place where we could worship. When we were kicked out of every denomination. A man's idea. But you wouldn't bow to that idol. But God had a forerunner on the Earth preparing a place for you to worship in. Oh, it was, it was striking to me in the back office. Brother Tim was just talking about how the young children would gather around him when he was breaking this ground. It, I didn't tell him anything about this, but he said, "Oh, he would tell the little kiddies, this isn't for me, this is for you." He said, "I may not see I may not see you grow up to fulfill. I, I may not see you come to the age that I am, but I'm coming to prepare a place for you." It was building a place for the people to inhabit. But it takes a people to step into the building and fill the pews. And Brother Branham came and preached us a message. But somebody's got to inhabit God's chosen place of worship. Somebody's got to inhabit the rapture. Somebody's got to inhabit the bride's revival. Somebody's got to inhabit the rising of the sun. Somebody's got to inhabit leadership and rapture. Somebody's got to step into the commission, into the tracks that the forerunner went before you. Somebody's got to step in and fulfill it. You see, he wasn't maybe going to see the finish of it all but he did it for you brother Brandon would step into the prayer line many times and he would come down and he said oh my shoes won't fit you my shoes not the same size he would look at you and say well my jacket fits you He said no my jacket wouldn't fit him or I would give it to him but he gave me something better than his shoes and his jacket he gave me a message that I could step into and find satisfaction he prepared a way that I could step in and find the joy of my life and find the peace of my life he didn't give me natural clothes He gave me a message that would fit something that I could step into and wear every day of my life and be satisfied. Oh, he preached a message and he said, this is the light walkie in it. This is the light walkie in it. He showed me a place that I could inhabit and find refuge in the weary storm. Oh, but somebody's going to step into the prophet's tracks of an invincible army of a pure spotless bride. Oh, many have seen God in Brother Branham, but only some have followed. Many have seen God in Moses, but only some followed. Brother Branham said that rich young ruler knew exactly who he was talking to, but he didn't follow him. But it wasn't in you to stay short of that. There was something in you that seen it and you followed because it was in you. That was what you were put here for. Oh, and I know it's for me because I got the robe. I got the robe, and that's why I know it's for me, because I didn't go through some back door to get it. I came God's chosen way. I came by God's leadership and got the robe, and that's how I know it's for me. That's how I know the message is for me. That's how I know the rapture is for me, because I got the robe, because I stepped into the commission. Oh, many, when Joshua crossed the Jordan, he built a memorial of stones, That others could walk by and see the mighty works of God in that day. But I was reading about it the other day, and it said to some it was just a pile of stones, to some it was just rubble, but to the believer it was a memorial. And that's what it is to you. When you turn on the message, it means something that it doesn't mean to your worldly, maybe friends or neighbors. They might listen to it, and it's just a pile of rubble. But when you turn it on, it's a stone of remembrance of what God has done. It's a stone of remembrance of what God can do. You see, when Martha was here and Lazarus was dead, oh, it was a dire situation, but there was something in Martha as as an elect of God. Brother Branham said, Martha, in that dire situation, she had heard the story of the Shunammite woman and how God had used Elijah to bring dead life back to a baby boy and she heard this story and all of a sudden in Martha's dark situation she remembers this story about how God had used Elijah to bring life back to a dead situation. Martha remembered this story, but it didn't just to remain a story. But Brother Branham said she had that revelation that if God was with Elijah, surely he's with the son. And she recognized the potential of the word coming into her midst. It wasn't just God sent a prophet, but when the prophet leaves, then it's all over with. But Martha recognized the potential of the word coming into her midst. That if God, the same God that was with the prophet is with the word coming into her midst, and that's what you do, you recognize You stumble upon a stone of remembrance and it's not just a story of a Shunammite woman, but you're recognizing that the same God is in your midst today and every sermon that's being preached across your ears, the living God is speaking to you stones of remembrance that you can remember. You can remember a God of of yesterday. You see, he's the same today and forever. And I can imagine as Elisha put on that robe, he remembered the stories of Elijah and what Elijah had done. As Elisha begins to step into that robe, he remembers. He remembers what God had done through Elijah's ministry. As he begins to step into that robe, and Brother Bram said, If the blind Bartimaeus could trust him, I can too. If the woman with the blood issue could touch his garment, I can too. For he's open and willing, he's begging and accepting. Whosoever will, let him come and drink from the waters of life freely. He said, What we need today is a revival of that type a revival of we can too a revival, that's what this message means to me, it means I can too, it means if it worked for brother Tim, it'll work for me, if it means if it worked for brother Ronnie and brother Nathan it'll work for me, that's what this message means to me, it means I can too because he's the same yesterday, today and forever, if it worked for brother Ron with stage 4 cancer, it'll work for me, if it worked for sister Elena it'll work for me because this message is a reality, if it Work for Brother Branham's prayer line when a young man could bring shoes through and receive his ability to walk. It'll work for Mariah Pruitt who can bring in some bobby pins and get her hair growed back. Because it's not a God of history, it'll still work for you, young people, the same as it worked for your pastor, the same as it worked for Mama and Daddy. If you step into it, it's not a history lesson. It's a reality. It's a revival of Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's a revival of we can too. We can too. It'll work for you young people. Oh. You see it won't work for everyone though. Pharaoh's army. Tried to follow them through that Red Sea. And they presumed that if the believers, the circumcised Israelites could walk through, and said, so can we. And that was a dire mistake because they were a non-circumcised group and they couldn't follow the believers through that Red Sea. And that's what a reality. You're realizing that you're going places that your enemy can't follow you. That revival won't work for your enemy. But you step into that Holy Ghost. He won't be able to follow you there. He won't be able to follow you into the rapture. He won't be able to follow you into that place where all things are possible for you. He might be able to follow you so far, but step into that place where that enemy can't follow you. Press through that Red Sea, press into that Promised Land, he won't be able to follow you there. You'll be dancing the victory march, and your enemy will be drowned behind you. He can't follow that revival, it's not for him, but it's for you. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is for you. The devil can't follow you there, but press through where he can't follow you. Where those lies no longer keep you up at night, press through. And the place oh where that enemy can no longer hold you you've crossed the place and no return you pressed into a reality and all things are possible the sick can be healed the dead can be raised the lame can walk you press through into a place where that devil cannot follow you Oh, you're going places, young people. You're going place, Church of the Living God, that the devil can't follow you. And one day you'll go in a rapture and he'll be stuck here to go through a lake of fire because he can't follow you through that place. You've been filtered for the day. You've been filtered to go places that the enemy can't follow you and he'll be left behind while you're in the Victory March, while you're dancing like Miriam, while you're dancing like Joshua. Oh that enemy will be left behind. He can't follow you there. He's been left behind. Oh, he's been left behind in his own unbelief Oh in his own limited his own limited capacity but you you're an eagle that can soar above that where buzzards can't follow you. He said, oh, he said if they would have put that wine in that, it would blow it up because it was it was he couldn't put that wine in that old bottle. Oh, but you've been you've been built to press through that. You've had a new spirit. You've received a reality that will take you places where he can't follow you. Oh, you might get discouraged, but just keep pressing. Just keep walking. You may feel like he's there. Uh, I don't have the quote in front of me. Brother Bram, I think, said, if you've... If he hasn't got you yet, you're still a few steps ahead of him and just keep walking. Just keep walking, young people. Brother Brandon one time landed in, I believe it was Memphis, and his flight, I think, was delayed. And so he got off the plane and he went and I think he maybe got a sandwich. And he just began to walk and all of a sudden the Lord spoke to him and said, go this way go this way. And he was leading him to an old uh, an old colored woman that was going to touch the hem of his yeah. garment. And God was leading the prophet there, but he didn't understand it all in that moment. But the Spirit of the Lord would speak to him, just keep walking. Just keep walking. He said, oh, the plane's going to take off. I'm going to miss it. He got a call. It's going to leave at 6 o'clock. He said, oh, I'm going to miss my plane. But the Spirit of the Lord would just speak, just keep walking. And he began to sing that song. or brother Timothy saying, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad uh, I can see he began to sing that old victory song and he just began to walk with the Lord and that's where you want to receive victory. You stop worrying about the plane and when it's going to take off and just keep walking with the Lord. You get your eyes off the conditions and just keep walking with the Lord. I think that's for this new year. Just get your eyes off the conditions and just keep walking. Just keep walking and it is written. Just keep walking and thus saith the Lord. Brother Ben said if you obey the word, what's coming next? The promise is what's coming next. If you you've obeyed the word for healing, for the Holy Ghost, for rapture. The promise is coming next, so just keep walking. Stop worrying about the condition. Stop worrying about how far out your prodigal is, and just keep walking in the promise until it's fulfilled. Stop worrying about how sick you are, and how impossible it seems to make it, and just keep walking if you've obeyed the word. The promise is coming. Don't worry. Just keep walking in the promise. Walking in the commission. Remember who you're walking with. You're walking with the one that Enoch walked with. You're walking with the one that Joshua met the captain of the Lord, the captain of the host. You're walking with the one that brother Brandon walked with when he turned back young and that virgin timber and his wife was there with him and all of a sudden he was a young man. You're walking with the God of the impossible. Remember who you're walking with. It's not a history lesson. Remember you're walking with the same one that Moses walked with that Joshua walked with You see I don't know how many in here like to read, but I used to read quite a bit when I was younger. And sometimes you're reading a book and you come down and when a chapter ends, the words don't always go to the end of the page. Sometimes there's a space, a blank space. And when you're coming to the end of that book, you're coming to where those things are beginning to come to a climax. And you see those words stop at the end of the page. And you think, oh my, is this the end of the book? Is this the end of the book? I don't understand everything yet. What if this is the last chapter and you turn that page and all of a sudden there's another chapter and you feel such a relief. You say, oh my, it's all going to make sense now. There's another chapter where it's all going to come together. And in literature, there's something called a denouement. It's those final events, those final scenes in literature where the where all the loose ends are tied together. It's that it's that final part of a, of a script where all those loose ends come together. And you're walking in that denouement. You're walking in that place where the loose ends are being tied together. That's what this message did. It tied the loose ends of teachers over the years together and gave us an answer. It gave us something that made sense. It gave us something that fulfilled what we've been looking for in you and the things of your life and the things that you don't understand. And you thought the world would never go on. You thought you would die in that condition. You thought you would never make it. You thought you would die in that depression or that darkness. But all of a sudden, you flip the page and there's another chapter there written over your life. The chapter of this message that revealed to you who you were. The chapter that made it all make sense in your life. Oh, you see, Brother Brandon was preaching, he was preaching, he was preaching uh, the greatest battle ever fought. And there's a little girl that he refers to many times throughout that message. And he comes to the end and he said, But Lord, I'm so glad that there's another chapter written. We can turn another page. And in this page, we see the great physician come in. We're calling him for counsel this morning. Oh, Georgia Carter was just a few pounds, 30-some pounds. But one day the Lord spoke to the prophet and said, Go by the way of Carter's and to open up another chapter in her life, a chapter of health, a chapter of life. Florence Nightingale was only about 40 pounds. Brother Branham said she was just a pile of bones. But one day the prophet came by her way and crossed paths with Florence Nightingale. And he prayed for her. And she held his hand and he said, Brother Branham, have Brother Branham pray that I might die. But Brother Branham couldn't pray that over her life. But he prayed for her. And all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord spoke and said, Thus saith the Lord, you'll not die, but you're going to live, Florence Nightingale. And another chapter opened over her life. A chapter that, that tied the loose ends together. And gave her a health And some of you Brother William You went to camp one year You were desiring the Holy Ghost And maybe you didn't know It was for you But all of a sudden Another chapter opened up And it gave you What you were looking for The whole time Isn't that right Brother Joseph Adams One day you went to camp And you thought Maybe it wasn't for you That, it, that, that, that those around you Were receiving it But it wasn't for you But all of a sudden Another chapter opened up Over your life And now you know What it's all about Now it's all starting To make sense Those loose ends Are starting to tie together All the things That you never understood Understood. When is my prodigal going to return? When am I going to get the Holy Ghost? It looks like the end is right here, but all of a sudden God flips over the page and there's a chapter of healing. There's a chapter of deliverance. There's a chapter of prodigals returning. There's a chapter where you, the gene seed of God, are pulled into the fulfillment, pulled into the body of Christ that the rapture can go. It can't go without everyone. He will not lose a one of his. Don't wait. Oh, it may look like the end, but flip the page and watch it all make sense watch those loose ends tie together watch it all. Watch that chapter of your life begin to bring all, all the fears and all the darkness begins to come together and you realize who you are you realize why you went through those things you realize your identity in Christ in that final chapter when it all begins to come together all those loose ends in your life begin to tie together and all of a sudden it all makes sense God was guiding you the whole way and he was going to tie it together and the thing about a denouement is that when you come to the end, it says, one of the most important pieces since this is the ending the audience has been waiting for throughout the story. Often this is the part readers most remember from the story in which lingers in the minds long after they finish reading or watching. We're living in an hour where things are taking place in your life that you're gonna remember when we're on the other side of glory, when we're fellowshipping, when we're on that supper table, things that happen in that final chapter, you're gonna remember on the other side the great things that God has done in your life, how he picked you up out of this age, how he saved you, how he elected you, how how he kept faithful to you every time, how he performed every promise, how he performed miracles in your life, And in your church, oh, when we get to the other side, that final chapter will still ring through your ears. Oh, of the mighty things that God has done. You see, Brother Branham came to a place where the angel commissioned him. He said, the commission was, pray for the sick. He said, the question was, insufficient to do it. But what spoke back was, for this cause you were born. This is the means of your peculiar birth in life, that you are to pray for the sick. He couldn't understand it because his father was a drunkard. Because if he would try to drink a bottle of alcohol, a voice would come and would keep him from doing it and he would be called a sissy for it he didn't understand it because he would walk down the street and he would get made fun of not because of anything he had done because the reputation of his family was so bad that he couldn't walk down the street without getting made fun of That he would go to school and he wouldn't even have to have a he couldn't even have a shirt he'd have to wear a coat just so he wouldn't be embarrassed and he'd have to sit around that fireplace and burn up because he didn't have a shirt and he thought my how could I fulfill this commission I have all these insufficiencies." But a voice ran back and said, for this cause you were born. This is the means of your peculiar birth and life because I've called you to be the seventh angel messenger because I've called you to to fulfill Malachi 4 because I've called you to fulfill this. This is the means of your peculiar birth and life. In us, we come into this day and we come in this age and we've been commissioned to live in the darkest age there is. We've been commissioned to fulfill the very ministry of Jesus Christ in a bride body. We've been commissioned to rapture, but the question in your mind is insufficient for the job. I have all these problems. I have all these mistakes. I was born in a broken family. I can't even talk right. I can't even make friends. I have all these complexes. I have all these fears. And I have all these complexes and these depressions. I have all these things. And the question in your mind is insufficient for the job. But the voice rings back and says, this is the means of your peculiar birth in life. This is why you can never fit in with others. This is why you always felt out of place. This is why there was something in you always drawing you something more. This is what this explains that filter in your life. This explains that deep calling to the deep in your life Why you were always miserable in the world, Why you're always miserable outside and just a religious spirit. This explains that peculiar birth in life because you were called for a commission. This is it because you've been co- commissioned and you're sufficient to fulfill. This is the means of your peculiar birth in life. This is the means of all, why you're an oddball, why you don't fit in with the world, why you couldn't fit in with that denomination. Because you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, Jesus was born for a purpose, and he was the only one that could fulfill it. But he had to make the decision in the garden, am I willing to do the will of God. Because a voice could come back. Brother Bram said it might have been like this. Let's think maybe it was. I can hear him say, Son, do you desire to go to Calvary? There's a band waiting for you. There's persecution. There's death and murder laying in the way. There's exposure of your own body. They'll strip the clothes off of you. They'll beat you into pulp. They'll pull a crown of thorns over your head and you'll die screaming for mercy, should you go on. Skipping down a little bit. Brother Brown says, Jesus, when he looked up into the face of the Father, he said, it's not my will. It's yours be done. What a decision. The decision anchored and swept the world and still comes tonight to every penitent soul. Not my will, but thine be done. Because he had a people in mind. He said, devil... You've held fears and chills over the people long enough. You've held them long enough. I'm going to go because I've got a people in mind that need this. They need this blood that I could work through them, that I could fulfill their part of the word through them, that I could give them a blood that would cover them. And he knew, he said, you've held, you've people long enough. Get back in there where you belong. He said, you can't keep them any longer. There will be people who will believe me. You can't bind them up with sickness you can't bind them up with fear. They will believe. Hallelujah. They knew there was a Rahab that was going to be out there to receive it. And he stepped in. He stepped through the pain. He stepped through the fear. I think of Brother Ron, how the Lord would speak to him and say, and say if you trust me, I'll use you like never before. What a mighty commission that was. But he had a he had a trust. He had to step into a place of trust and say, Lord, I surrender to your commission. I surrender to what you have for my life. Though it's hard, though it's not easy, though I go through hardships and trials, I'll surrender to the commission. Oh, and Brother Brandon said that's why he can walk to the platform. He said, I do enough in an hour to go to hell. He said, I've done enough in an, to die in an hour. I'm a sinner to begin with. He said, Don't you fear. I'm looking who's told me. Don't you fear. Stand there. For this cause you were born. I raised you up for this purpose. Then all devils in hell can't make me move. I'm standing there on Christ, that solid rock. Oh, if you step into that commission, According to the blueprint of the word, you're sufficient for the job. You're sufficient to go all the way. You're sufficient for rapture. And this is the means of your peculiar birth and life. If the musicians come and with the story, the song leader comes. Brother Matt Morse in Arkansas tells a story. <clears throat> One time he was in Indiana eating lunch with a group of people a group of brothers, and they begin to tell testimonies about Brother Branham. They just begin to tell testimonies about all the things the Lord has done and, and testimonies about this message. And a man walked up and said, you wouldn't happen to be talking about William Branham, would you? And he said, yeah, actually, that's exactly what we're talking about. He said, okay, okay, I wondered. He said, let me tell you this story. They only knew him as William. They didn't even know him as a preacher. They knew him as an, as an electrician. He my grandma and my grandparents, they owned a store downtown here in Indiana. And William, our brother Brandon, would come. He would come to the store, and he would, he would play checkers, and, and he would get a cold drink on a hot day or a hot drink on a cold day, and he would just go in there and just fellowship with their family. He said, so one day, he'd come to my grandma, and he said, would you please take me to your boy? Would you please take me to your boy? You see, the boy had polio. And they said, sure, you know, yeah, he's upstairs, and, and that would be great for you to meet him. I'll be glad to take you to him. And so she took him upstairs, and he said, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Can I have a few min- minutes alone with the Lord just to pray about this? And said, well, sure. You know, that seems a little odd. Maybe she didn't understand it, but he said, sure. So Brother Branham stayed up there and prayed for a while. And he come back downstairs, and he said, thank you. I appreciate that. And I want you to do a favor for me. I said, I want you to set another place setting at the table for tonight's dinner. And she said, oh, all right, I'll be happy to do that. And she starts to get excited, and she, her husband's coming home from work and says, you know what, something? He said, uh, 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 William's coming back for dinner tonight. Brother Branham's coming to visit us for dinner. He said, oh, well, that's odd. He didn't tell me anything about it. He said, yeah, well, he told me to set another place table at the setting. And so she sets it, and she gets excited. And they sit down, and they're waiting for that company and they just begin to gather around the table and hold hands and pray. And she says, he begins to start praying and thanking the Lord for all that he had done in their lives. He began to start thanking the Lord for what he had done in their family. While his boy's sitting up there with polio, he begins to start thanking the Lord for all their blessings. And while they're praying, all of a sudden they hear footsteps coming down the stairs. Do do do, do. And that boy who had been in that crippled condition, for the first time, takes his place at that table. And they just begin to thank the Lord. And I think, my, his condition was so, so dark. His condition was so helpless. I imagine he laid up there sometimes in that bed and heard his parents talking. He thought, I wonder if I'll ever be a part of what they're talking about. I wonder if I'll ever be a part of of their daily plans. I wonder if I'll always be in this condition, in this prison, what felt like a prison, this prison of Fear this prison of darkness, this prison of of depression, this this prison of helpless conditions. I wonder if I'll always be here. Mama's downstairs at the table talking about the Holy Ghost. Daddy's down there talking about the rapture. And I wonder if that's for me. I wonder if I'll ever be able to join them at that table and realize that it's for me. I wonder if I'll always be stuck in this cage uh, of confusion and fear. But all of a sudden, one day, a man come by his way And he crossed paths with something that could change everything. He crossed paths with the reality. And and, and like that eagle that's in that cage beating his brains out. Brother Brown said, you're helpless, just as helpless as you can be, unless somebody puts forth his hands and opens the cage. He said, I'll tell you tonight, Jesus Christ has done that in calling you. Open the cage to let you out. This young man was in a helpless condition. One day there came a call that opened the cage and he come down those stairs and mama's sitting at that table and daddy's sitting at that table and pastor's sitting at that table and all these years he's wondered if it's for him and there's another empty chair there and he said, who's that for? Oh, that's for you. <laughs> it's for you. That tugging in his heart, will I ever be able to join him at that table? Will this rapture, will I ever know if it's for me? Will this Holy Ghost ever be for me? But God's calling on your life. Open that cage to let you out. And you have a right to walk down and take your place at the table. It's for you tonight. God bless you. God bless you.